Hey everybody, I'm Steve Marshman, as Jose said. I think we should have a round of applause that we don't have to wear suits. Amen. <laughs> uh, there's nothing wrong with wearing a suit, but when I wear a suit, I feel like I'm going to work. And, you know, it's supposed to be Sunday, the day to worship the Lord. But this has been a banner week for me because I get to see Jose in his suit, which you don't see every every very often at all. And then last Saturday, I got to see Jose in a cap and gown. And I didn't tell him I was going to do this, but he's away, so we could do whatever we want. And this is not gossip. We're not talking behind his back because he actually listens to these messages. So he's going to hear this, but I want to tell you that Jose is now officially a graduate of Western Seminary with a master's degree. So a nice round loud of applause for Jose so he could hear it. It's like good. Good, right? So uh, that's quite an accomplishment. And uh, he worked really hard for many, many years, squeezing in school in between all of his duties here at church. Also, I would like to just welcome all of the moms and grandmoms and just say I hope you have a wonderful day if you haven't already. Out of curiosity, this early 9 o'clock, did any moms get breakfast in bed? Any moms? There's one. Come, you look, they don't want to admit it. He's like, yeah. Was it the only time this year? Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty, yeah, don't get used to it, right? So, well, as Jose said, we're in a series on the Ten Commandments called Written on the Heart. And turn to Exodus 20. We are on the Fifth Commandment. But just a quick review. The first four commandments deal with our relationship to God. And then the the next six commandments deal with how we relate to God's family, God's people. And if you're familiar with the Bible, you know that Jesus summarized all the law, all the instructions of the Old Testament with two phrases. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. Love God and love people. And the Ten Commandments follow that same pattern. Love God in the first four and then love people in the next Six. So what we're going to do today is the same thing we've been doing every week and go through these five questions that we came up with uh, and look at those and answer those and then come up with some application at the end. So let's dive in. Exodus 20, verse 12. Exodus 20, verse 12. This is the fifth commandment. Honor your father and your mother so that, so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Pretty simple, especially compared to last week. Last week was not so simple. It was a longer commandment and it was more culturally difficult to figure out what's going on. And I talked to some people about, uh, I'm going to be teaching this week, and they said, Oh, your father and mother, easy. Read the verse, send them out to breakfast. Because it's pretty simple, right? But we're going to walk through these these four or five questions and try to glean some things with the idea of finding at least one practical thing you can do this week to honor your father and mother. And everybody's in a different position in life where you are with uh, your parents. And some of, them have, some of us are old enough where our parents have passed away. So what do you do? We're going to talk about that as we go along. So question number one as we walk through these five questions. The first question is what am I supposed to learn? What am I supposed to learn from this commandment specifically? Well, there is a progression 
in the Ten Commandments or Ten Words, as Jose explained. And please go listen to the podcast. If you're new here today and we're jumping in the middle, you kind of need to go listen to the whole series to make sense of this. But there's a progression from don't worship other gods, don't make idols, don't misuse his name, keep the Sabbath holy. And then we get to this commandment, honor your father and mother. And this commandment has a promise and a blessing attached with it. Now, we need to remember something as we look at this commandment. The commandments were not written to an individual. The commandments were written to the entire nation of Israel. It was, it was written to a people chosen by God to bring the message of the good news. More on that in just a little bit. But as I think about this, this commandment, where it fits in the in the 10, we have to think about the order. And most scholars suggest, and I agree with them, that the order of the 10 commandments is important. God, people, and then what's on the top of the list of people? It's family in one word, honor your father and mother. God's second section of the 10 commandments starts off with family, how we're to love Family, honor your father and mother is the first commandment dealing with people. Now, I have to be completely candid and honest. And I want you to play this mind game with me. What if God gave us the Ten Commandments in no particular order? What if he gave them the commandments to Moses on ten separate tablets and said, Moses, you order them? What would we have put first in the second six? And as I thought through this week, this is what I would have put. I'd be wrong, but this is what I'd put. I would probably put the commandment about don't commit adultery. Because faithfulness to your spouse is probably one of the biggest thing wrecking relationships in our communities. Has been, is today, and probably always will be. So I think I probably would have put that first. But I would have been wrong. That's not what God puts first. Now, it's on the list. It's important. It makes the top ten to be faithful, so you don't, don't, don't misunderstand me. That's super important. But God, in his superior wisdom, puts honor your father and mother before that. It's a, a, a commandment that comes first. So what are we supposed to learn from this? I think it's this. God blesses his people through his parents, through their parents. God blesses people through their parents. We start off this section on how to love people with a commandment to honor attached with a blessing promise. By honoring mom and dad, we receive God's blessing. I think that's why God starts out with this. Allow me to illustrate this with a quote from Wilbur Wright. He's one of my favorite theologians. Uh, No, no, just kidding. He's a bike designer, right? Wilbur Wright was a bike designer, and he also got pretty famous for designing an airplane, and the reason he was famous, because his actually flew. Uh, A lot of the previous designers, they didn't work out so good, but the thing about Wilbur Wright is that, and Orville, obviously, his brother, they were sons of a preacher, and from the biography of their life by David McCullough, we find out they lived pretty godly lives. They were pretty godly kids. Here's a quote from Wilbur which is the very first thing in the book, chapter one, the subquote from Wilbur Wright. Here's what he says. If I were giving a young man advice as to how he might succeed in life, I would say to him, pick out a good father and mother 
and begin life in Ohio. Now, I don't know about the Ohio part, but pick out a good father and mother. That's huge. Wilbur actually understood this commandment. He understood that God of heaven blessed him through his parents. Now, you're here today and you go, well, wow, he must have had pretty awesome parents for him to, you know, to say that. And not all of us here today had awesome parents. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But that doesn't change the fact that the reason God gave us this commandment and the reason, what we're supposed to learn is that God blesses us through the parental relationship. Question number two. Number two on the list of five. What did this law mean for ancient Israel? What did Israel get out of this? Because it was a different culture. It was a different time. I want to focus in on the second part of this Verse, so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God has given you. We live in such an individualistic society. We read everything with us as the center of the universe. We just do, right? So when you read that, you go, wow, I honor mom and dad. I'm going to get to live long. This is not God's secret sauce to the fountain of youth. That's not what this commandment is talking about. Remember, the commandments were written to the nation of Israel. So we could read it literally like this, Israel, honor your father and your mother so that Israel may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving Israel. See, that's a whole different tone. The command with the promise is a promise to the nation of Israel for the promised land. And that might say, oh, the promised land, I've heard about that. Yeah, that's because it occurred way earlier in the Bible. It helps for us when we read the Old Testament in particular to read it as one, one big, huge story. And right here in the middle of the Ten Commandments, God connects the commandments to the promise that he gave to Abraham all the way back in Genesis 12. You don't need to turn there, but in Genesis 12 is this epic portion of Scripture called the Abrahamic Covenant. It's the first place it is introduced. And God makes a promise to Abraham. Three things, three-part promise. I'm going to make you, Abraham, into a great nation. I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to give you a land, which we later find out is the promised land of Canaan. So for ancient Israel, they wouldn't miss this. We read this, and we just go, oh, wow, I'm going to get to live long, and we're wrong. Ancient Israel reads this, and they go, wow, if we as a nation honor our mother and father, if we do that, because that's what God's instruction is to us, if we do that, we will get to occupy the promised land for a long time as a nation. Now, how did they do? Well, yeah, they got into the promised land and they occupied it for kind of a long time, but was it as long as God wanted? Well, it depends on your definition of long. Just for you, for you Bible students that are curious about the, the stats because of Israel's sin, we know they went to the promised land and then they were exiled from the promised land to Babylon in 586 BC. And then God brought them back. And we'll, sometime we'll talk about that in another teaching. But the promise that goes with this commandment, again, is to the nation of Israel to get into the land of Canaan. Moving on, question number three. Why did God give this? That's always a challenging question, right? Because... A lot of times I always say, well, I don't know because I'm not God. It's kind of presumptuous to put our thoughts into what God's thinking. But we, we do look into the scriptures. We look at the entirety of the scriptures. And a couple things come to my mind. I think, why would God give us this? And again, I want to look at the entirety of scripture. 
And think about how this commandment relates back to Genesis 1, the creation story. In Genesis 1, we read that God creates male and female in his image. And male and female have equal status in God, both created in his image. And then he gives male and female a job, a task, a role. And specifically, it's to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and govern it. So here's what I think one of the things we want to learn and why God gave this is by honoring mom and dad, we honor God and his plan for creation. By honoring mom and dad, we honor God. That's a little different than we we normally think. Don't miss this because we tend to compartmentalize as Americans, right? Here are all the things I do to honor God and here are all the things I do to honor people or serve people. And we split them into two and compartmentalize. And I think this commandment, one of the reasons why God is giving this is he connects those. So when we love people, we're loving God. When we honor people, we're honoring God. And when we dishonor people, we're dishonoring God. God connects them. And it's interesting, again, that this is the top of the second section because it's like a bridge between love God and love people. And and God makes this wonderful connections. Now I'm going to chase two squirrels here real quick. For some people, the first squirrel, uh, and we already talked about this, Mother's Day is a sad day. Because you read this plan of God and say, I want to be a mom. I want to be a dad. And you haven't been able to get pregnant. And our heart is with you. There are many, many people in this room that have struggled with that. Vicki and I, my wife Vicki and I, we were one of those for three years. And we were just crying out to God. Why? And then we eventually had kids. Some people never have the joy of having kids, even though they want kids. Other people, and I think this is equally as important, um, some people are called to be single for their whole life. And I hope this is a church that honors singles as much as we honor married folks. Some people are called to not have children their whole life. I hope this is a church that honors married with no kids as much as married with kids. Because we're all part of God's plan together corporately. Every single one of us doesn't need to have kids. Some of us are not going to have kids. Some of us are going to remain single. But collectively, as a group, we're fruitful and we multiply to bring the gospel and the good news to the world. Second squir- uh, squirrel I'm going to chase. Kenny mentioned the Sunset Studies next week. It just so happens that Vicki and, and I are going to be teaching that, the roles of men and women. If all these men, women roles are confusing to you today because of the c- culture we live in, Join the club. We're all confused about it, right? Anymore, you're just like, I don't know what to do. What we're going to do is spend a couple hours and just look at what the Bible says about the roles of men and women in biblical fashion, looking at the biblical stories, and we're going to look at what church leadership and what in marriage those roles look like. And a hint, just so you know where we're going with this, men and women have the same status before God. We're told that we're fellow heirs before God. But we also believe that men and women have different roles. And it's pretty obvious on Mother's Day, right? That's a role the moms have that the dads don't have. And all the guys said, amen, right? <laughs> so one, uh, enough of the squirrels. We need to spend just a moment on the word honor. The word honor. The Hebrew literally means to make heavy. To make heavy. So you could actually literally read this verse that it commands children to make their parents heavy. 
My two daughters, Kelsey and Jamie, are doing a fabulous job at this. I mean, my wife's a good cook. She taught my kids how to be a good cook, and they are good cooks. Last Friday night, Jamie made a meal because my wife's out of town. It was fabulous. And then afterwards, she goes, hey, who wants cookies? Of course, my skinny brother and his skinny wife were there. They go, yeah, cookies. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm not sure if I should have any cookies. But uh, no, that verse is not about fattening up mom and dad. It's just not. But what it is, what it is is saying honor, make heavy. It's a way in the ancient world to describe value. Because in the ancient world, heavy things were valuable. Gold and silver and possession. So what this verse is actually saying is ascribe value to your parents. Ascribe value to your mom and dad. And when we do that, as I said before, when we honor them, we're worshiping God. If you want to worship God this week, honor your mom and dad this week. Make them heavy. Ascribe value to them. So that's the first thing I think we're supposed to learn uh, from this part. You know, why did God give it is because we are supposed to uh, ascribe value to our parents. And the second thing is that God knows your situation. God knows my situation. If you're here today and you had awesome parents, both of them, both mom and dad are awesome parents, this is easy. It's just easy. Let's, let's face it, for a lot of us in this room, it's not that easy. Think of all the situations that exist in this room here today. Maybe your parents are divorced. Maybe one of your parents was kind of a good parent and one of your parents was kind of not good. One was an encourager, one was not an encourager. That's the, that's the situation I, f- I fit into. Uh, maybe one or both of your parents is not a believer. Maybe your parents just left you. Maybe your parents mistreated you or worse, abused you. Or maybe, like I said before, maybe your parents have passed away. Um, Your role, by the way, I'll get to that in a second, is to teach your grandkids. But in all of those situations, in all those situations, God says, honor your parents. Even though he knows a lot of parents are messed up. Do you think God's surprised by the fact that parents are sinners? No. Were parents sinners when God wrote the commandment? Yes. Even though parents are messed up, and I know because I am one, and even though parents make a lot of mistakes, I know because I am one and I make a lot of mistakes, even though that is true, without a doubt, God says honor. Honor your mother and father. Ascribe value to them. So to summarize this little section, why did God give it? Two things. By honoring parents, we honor God. We ascribe value to our, our uh, God by honoring our parents. And secondly, God knows that our parents are not perfect, and he knows we need to hear this. He knows we need the instruction to remind us to honor our parents. Question four. What does this law reveal about God's heart? What does this law reveal about God's heart? Well, simply put, God cares deeply about the family, and he wants to bless us. He wants the family to work, and all of it starts in mom and dad. And here's where it starts getting kind of specific to your life situation. Maybe you're in middle school or high school, meaning you're still living at home, and you're under the authority of your parents, both biblically and legally, I might add. Um, (laughs) So what what does honoring your parents look like? It looks like obedience 
and respect. Or maybe you're here today and you're a single adult. You've left the home. Or maybe you're off to college like the entire front row is at Pacific University, which is awesome. Welcome, guys. Um, But what are you supposed to do? Well, you're supposed to follow the principles that your parents taught you. The principles that line up with God's values, of course. Of course, if your parents teach you something that is against the Bible, then you respectfully deny that. But another way you could honor your parents, front row, is stay connected with your parents. Stay connected with them so that you can continue to learn with them. And it's going to look different depending on what your geographic situation. Maybe you're young married here today, and you have one or two or three or four kids. And you're starting to figure out how hard it was to raise you. (laughs) Because now you have some kids of your own. Well, the way you honor your parents is you just go to them and say, I'm sorry. (laughs) I had no idea that it was this hard. I had no idea I was that hard. And then they revere their wisdom in child raising. And that gives them honor. Or if you're older and your parents are reaching the end of their life, you honor them with respect and dignity that they deserve as one of God's creatures. In all these situations, God cares deeply, deeply about the family. And he wants to bless us. Last question, number five. What are the implications based on our New Testament situation? When we go to the New Testament, now what do we learn about honor your father and mother? There's a ton of places we could turn, but since it's Mother's Day, I just picked one. So let's all turn there. We're done with Exodus 20. Turn to Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15. And as we turn there, let me set up this story because I want you to understand what was going on, the backstory, if you will. The Pharisees, who are one of the key characters in this little story, uh, were doing something particularly shifty with their money. The cultural norm in the ancient Near East, which includes Israel, the cultural norm was for the kids to take care of mom and dad when they grew old. That's the way uh, it worked. We even see this when Jesus was dying on the cross. You remember the story, when Jesus was dying on the cross, he did some estate planning right there on the cross. He said, John, this is your mother, Mary, and Mary, this is your son, John. Why did he do that? We read in John's gospel that John took Mary into his home and took care of her. So John took over that role of the caretaker of Jesus' mom. If Jesus hadn't died, it would have been his responsibility to take care of mom. That's the way it was in the culture back then. But the Pharisees were doing this really nasty thing, really disgraceful. They were finding ways to avoid giving monies to mom and dad. And the way they did it is they took resources that were earmarked for mom and dad in that culture and said, this is devoted to God. We're going to set aside this money and devote it to God. And the plan was to take it to the temple and give it to God. But often that never happened. With that as a backstory, let's read the story. Matthew chapter 15. Verse 1. Then some Pharisees and teachers of the law came to Jesus from Jerusalem and asked, Why do your disciples break the tradition of elders? They don't wash their hands before they eat. And that was a ceremonial washing. We're not going to get into that. Verse 3. Jesus replied, And why do you break the command of God for the sake of tradition? For God said, Honor your father and mother, 
And anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. But you say that if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their father and mother is devoted to God, they are not to honor father or mother with it. Thus, you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. Before I go on, notice that bookmark. Verse 3, Jesus says, Why do you break the command of God for the sake of tradition? And then down in verse 6, you nullify the word of God for the sake of tradition. That's what's going on here. Jesus' summary, verse 7, you hypocrites. Harsh words. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human tradition. The big, gigantic point that we can't miss, because Jesus bookmarks it and then he quotes Isaiah, is that the Pharisees were using tradition over the commands of God. They were putting human tradition over the instructions of God. Bad stuff. We all know we shouldn't do that. That's not going to end well for us, right? But here is the uh, question for the day that's uncomfortable for me. We have to ask ourselves, because this begs the question, do we do this today? Do we do this today in any way, shape, or form? And I hope I don't step on too many toes today, but I think I am. I stepped on my own toes this week, so I know I'm going to step on some other toes this week. Is there anything in our tradition that is similar to this? I think there is. I was fortunate to work in the finance industry for about 20 years. I never, ever once had someone tell me to put some money away aside for your mom and dad. I had people tell me to save for retirement, and after you finish saving for retirement, save for your kid's college. Those are all good things, by the way. I think you should do them. But the instructions from Scripture are to take care of mom and dad and honor them. I think somebody just said amen or coughed. I'm not sure. <laughs> but that is not in our cultural. It's just, it's just not. Uh, we see this in Jesus' life. We see this in his instruction. And what happens in our culture is the assumption is that mom and dad are going to take care of themselves because mom and dad are rich. But that's not always the case. Now, if mom and dad are rich, you probably don't need to set money aside for them. But if they aren't, if your mom and dad aren't all that wealthy, are you as the kids thinking about that and planning about that and honoring them in that way? My wife, Vicki, is doing this right now as we speak. She's been gone for two weeks. She gets back tomorrow night, and I'll be a lot happier person to be around. Uh, But she's been with her dad. Her mom has passed away. Her dad lives in Jacksonville, Florida. Fortunately, her sister lives nearby uh, in Jacksonville, Florida, because her dad has Alzheimer's, and it's a wicked disease. I just, there's nothing good about Alzheimer's. But what Vicki's been doing is going out there every once in a while for a couple weeks, mostly to help her dad and be with her dad, but also to help her sister, help, help her dad. And this takes time, and it takes money, and it takes a whole bunch of energy, and Jesus calls it honor. That is biblical honor. She's honoring her father and mother by doing this and honoring God in that way. So that is the type of mentality, the cultural shift that we need to make. Okay, we can close up your Bibles now. And what we're going to do now is ask the question, how will we honor our parents this week? And this is going to take a little bit of time, so hang with me. I want to go through 
some scenarios since there's so many different stages of life in this room. And try not to tune me out as I'm talking about somebody's scenario. I promise you I will try to get to your scenario pretty quickly. But what we're going to do is go through some potential responses and then we're going to give you some individual time in your own seat just to reflect for three, four, five minutes to pray and listen to the Holy Spirit's prompting. What's the one thing you can do this week? And it depends where you are. Like I said, if you're in different stages of life. Maybe you are here and you're in middle school or you're high school. You're living under the roof with mom and dad. Here's some thought-provoking questions. Are you overly anxious and counting the days before you leave home? Or are you praying for your parents? You know, you could actually do that. When your parents mess up, by the way, they probably know it, but they don't tell it to you often because parents are proud, and that's a sin too. But when your parents mess up, pray for them. They need your prayers. Are you constantly complaining about your parents, or are you receiving God's blessing through your parents? And here's one that might cut to the quick for some of you, but have you really blown it and shouted out in, your, in anger at your parents? Something like, I hate you. If that's you today, your job's easy. This week, you go to your parents, and you confess, and you ask for forgiveness. No matter how they respond, and it may not, they may not even respond to that well, but no matter how they respond, you are honoring your parents when you do that. Because you shouldn't have said, I hate you, and you honor your parents, and then God will honor and bless you. So don't be shy. Go for it. I know that takes a little courage but it'll be good for you and there will be blessing in the family, I promise you. But what if you're a young adult and you're getting started in your early stages of life? Maybe you're married, maybe you're not. Maybe you're looking for a job. Um, all these different places you can be as a, as a young adult. The question is, is, are you thinking, I want to honor my God by honoring my parents? How do I honor my God by honor my parents? Do you still listen to their advice? You're out from the home. You don't have to listen to their, I mean, you don't have to follow their advice, but shouldn't you at least honor them by listening to their advice and considering their advice? Again, I said before, you need to stay connected with them. Do you stay connected with your parents? Because that alone is honoring God. Let me illustrate this with my oldest daughter who lives in uh, San Jose, California. Her name's Kelsey. Now she's married and has a job and uh, no grandkids yet. Uh, my wife Vicky prays for that virtually every moment of every day. But right now, no grandkids yet. Um, and she's doing well now. But a few years back when she was out of school, she had a tough time. It was nothing really seriously bad, but it was just challenging. It was just tough. And many of you in this room know what that's like. So what did we do? Well, we texted, we talked, and we stayed connected. We visited her as much as she wanted. Not as much as we wanted, but as much as she wanted. Parent, that's a tip. Um, my wife and I often were wondering, are we helping or are we hurting? We really wanted to help. Um, and then one day we got this card from Kelsey. And it read, that, I'm just going to read a portion to you. I miss you bunches. Thanks for all your help this past year or so. It's been sort of rough. I don't know why I'm crying. I'm not Jose. Uh, <laughs> Uh, thanks for all your help this past year or so. It's been sort of rough on me, and it's meant a lot to me. For, it's meant a lot for me that I could always talk to you. Love you tons, Kelsey. 
I believe Kelsey truly honored God when she wrote that card. She just didn't honor mom and dad. She honored God. So maybe this week, you, as you pray and listen to the Holy Spirit, you need to pick up the phone. You know, maybe you need to uh, text or something. Or, you know, these, they got these things uh, still, believe it or not. They're kind of ancient. They're called pens uh, and paper. Write them a letter. I mean, whatever honors them. Maybe you need to do something radical. You need to buy an airplane ticket and go visit your mom and dad because it's been just too long. Or what if you're older like Vicky and me and your parents are in your final chapters? Are you caring for your parents with priority like Jesus? I mean, we're told that the cross was excruciatingly painful. And yet while in that excruciating pain, Jesus is thinking about his mom and how to take care of her because he knows he's not going to be around to do it. So he assigns it to John. Do you honor, this is going to be convicting to you, I know for some of you because this has rocked my world this week. Do you honor your spouse's parents with the same honor as your own parents? <sighs> Both my parents are, are gone. They're, you know, they're, they're, they've passed away. So when I found out I was going to be preaching this week, I'm like, oh, wow, I'm glad I don't have to worry about anything. But Vicky's dad is still alive. And he's going to have a rough time between now and when he dies because he's got Alzheimer's. Am I honoring him in the same way I would honor my own father? Wow, that's tough. And what if you have no parents at all? Are you teaching the, grandparent, uh, the grandkids to honor their parents? Who's going to do that? Who's going to teach this stuff? The grandparents teach the grandkids how to honor the parents. I was very, very fortunate that my mom's dad, my granddad, Grandpa Casey, my, um, I was just old enough to be kind of aware of what was going on. Because my mom and dad didn't have the best marriages. And my mom went to church, my dad didn't. And that didn't make my mom's dad, my grandpa, very happy. And he wasn't super happy about this whole situation. Whenever he came and visited, he always took me out for milkshakes at Howard Johnson's Hojo's. Uh, and they were good because they were the real thing, like real ice cream. Well, like, it's hand-mixed, right? And uh, he taught me how to order ha handmade milkshakes and drink them through a straw and how to blow the straw wrapper at the waitress. He was an awesome granddad. I mean, I want to do that so bad, by the way. <laughs> um, but in the midst of that, I don't know if he ever used the word honor because that's too small to remember. But I do remember him saying things like, you need to listen to your parents. They want what's best for you. He was saying really subtly brilliant things because he knew that the relationship wasn't perfect. And he knew I knew that. He would say things like, while you're living in their home, you live under their rules. But here's the key. My granddad, despite my parents' fault, he didn't throw my dad under the bus. He didn't. By honoring him in his way, he taught me to honor them. And that is a wonderful, wonderful thing. So what I'm going to do now is have Brandon come forward. And we are going to spend just a few minutes while Brandon plays, if I could find Brandon. Um, he'll be here in a moment. There he is. Uh, and just take a few minutes to pray and ask. Listen to the Holy Spirit. And here's the most important part of it today. Because the most important part of these messages, I think a lot of time, is whenever speaking stops, and I'm going to stop in just a second, that's when the real stuff happens. Because you talk to God, and then he speaks back to you in the form of the Holy Spirit. And I just 
beg you, I plead with you, whatever the Holy Spirit prompts you to do this week, go do it. And then you'll receive God's blessing. And happy Mother's Day.